to the auction website. Do take a look now. Please donate, and we'll be opening the auction on Thursday's Money Talk. So please join me for that then. Um, coming up after the news is Back Chats this morning uh, with Jim Gould and Ada Wong. And do, do please join me again tomorrow morning. Time's 8.30. Here's Todd Harding with the Half Hour News. The Chief Executive, John Lee, has submitted a report to the Central People's Government asking the National People's Congress Standing Committee to interpret the national security law. The SAR government wants to know whether overseas lawyers who are not fully qualified to practice in Hong Kong can take part in national security cases. This comes after the Court of Final Appeal rejected an application by the Department of Justice for leave to appeal against a decision to allow British lawyer Tim Owen to represent former media tycoon Jimmy Lai in his national security trial. Mr Lee spoke after the court's decision. There is no effective means to ensure that a counsel from overseas uh, will not have conflict of interest and there's also no means to ensure that he has not been coerced, compromised or in any way controlled by foreign government associations or persons. There are also no effective means to ensure that a counsel from overseas will comply with Article 63 of the Hong Kong National Security Law, that during his uh, legal practice, that he will keep secret. Official figures show home prices fell for a fifth consecutive month last month to the lowest level since November 2017. The statistics show that homes sold in October went for 2.4% less than they did a month earlier, widening from the 2.1% fall recorded in September. Prices were 11% lower than a year earlier. The Environmental Protection Department has confirmed that it's phasing out roadside recycling bins in urban areas. That means 300 sets of bins will be removed by the end of this year. In a written reply to RTHK, the department explains that the bins were often mistaken as rubbish cans. It points out that many urban residents are now using its Green Earth community network instead. But Edwin Lau, the founder of Green Earth, says those recycling stores are not convenient. There are many other people who really require the convenience. Sometimes they cannot afford the time to, say, walk another 10 minutes or 15 minutes to find the green community station or the recycling community stores. And then somehow they drop the idea and just put this thing recyclable into a normal garbage bin. And that will really waste the valuable resources and added pressure to our existing landfills. The British Foreign Secretary has called for governments around the world to do more to stop sexual violence during conflict. James Cleverley was speaking at an international conference in London to discuss the problem. In a message to the gathering, the Hollywood actress Angelina Jolie said all previous commitments made by governments had not translated into significant actions. When human beings are physically assaulted in this way, and in some countries for decades, there has to be a decisive global response. When there isn't, it sends a message to both the victim and the perpetrator that we don't truly regard this as a significant crime that has to be punished and prevented. An American white supremacist has pleaded guilty to murdering 10 people in a racist mass shooting in the state of New York. Peyton Gendron, who's 19, also admitted charges of domestic terrorism motivated by hate. 
In May, he went on a rampage at a supermarket in a mainly black part of the city of Buffalo. The mayor of Buffalo, Byron Brown, welcomed the verdict and said the attacker should never leave prison. Justice has been done. This individual has admitted their guilt and the penalty for this horrific crime is for this individual never, ever to see the light of day again. Life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. Police in Somalia say 60 people were rescued during a day-long siege at a hotel in the capital Mogadishu. Al-Shabaab militants had been holed up in one of the rooms in the Villa Reyes Hotel, which is in a normally well-guarded area close to the presidency. A police spokesman said eight civilians and one soldier were killed. A junior government minister, Adam Orhirsi, was in a meeting at the hotel when the attack began, but managed to escape. He said he hoped the country would rally together against the militants after the latest attack. I am angry. I am motivated more than ever that there is a need. Time is now that everybody comes together and make sure that this menace is subdued and defeated and taken to jail. Yes, I feel lucky that I escaped. I feel uh, sorry that I'm part of the government that uh, sort of let these people down because we were supposed to protect the civilians. And Saudi Arabia's Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman has announced plans to turn Riyadh Airport into a massive aviation hub with six runways. It'll be home to a new Saudi airline called RIA that will compete with regional rivals Emirates and Qatar Airways. And that's the news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Jim Gould and your guest presenter today is Ada Wong. Good morning, Ada. Uh, good morning, Jim. On today's programme, we're talking about waste management and the use of recycling bins. The Environmental Protection Department has been uh, removing the three coloured separation bins from roadsides in urban areas since June this year. And it's aiming to encourage citizens to switch to community recycling facilities Instead, the department says it had earlier reviewed the effectiveness of the bins after a report by the Ombudsman found they were often used by the public for depositing rubbish and containers with leftover food and drinks. The department uh, says it intends to remove uh, all of the three coloured roadside bins by the end of the year from urban areas. Some environmental groups have complained that the change of approach has been undertaken with a lack of consultation. We'll be getting uh, into that in a moment. And after 9.15, we'll talk about the second-generation BioNTech vaccine, which is now becoming available and which specifically targets the Omicron coronavirus subvariant. And at 9.25, we'll be joined by our sports reporter, Atom Chung, with the latest on the Football World Cup. Let us know what you think. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233 That's 233 Joining us now on the line, we have Chung Shanshan, who's Director of the Master of Science in Environmental and Public Health Management Programme at Hong Kong Baptist University. 
And also on the line, uh, Edwin Lau, founder and executive director of the Green Earth. Um, good morning to you. Uh, uh, Chung San San, uh, if we could come to you first. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Thank Thanks for joining us. So it seems that these uh, uh, three coloured roadside bins have not been a great success in terms of the amount of uh, material that w they were collecting for recycling and uh, sort of kind of misuse of them really by the public. I mean, does it make sense to, to abandon that and, and switch to other means of recycling? Honestly, uh, I have talked to um, the collector of those bins, um, and um, their views are similar. Similar in a sense that um, there are a lot of uh, alien matters, um, non-recyclable matters um, put in them. But um, they also say that um, the most problematic category of materials or the compartment is the plastic. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but uh, so when I asked, uh, what about paper? What about metals? They said um, uh, the the collector materials are generally okay. All right. So, um, if um, the environmental protection department really want um, the beans to be uh, properly utilized, I think um, they should all they should first think of removing uh, plastic from the bean um, first, because um, honestly, uh, paper and metals. Um, a lot of uh, the residents still we are uh, generating uh, these recyclables in um, not insignificant quantities, especially paper. They are relatively heavy, and for metals, they are uh, depending on on what what types of uh, metal recyclables it is. They are also can be relatively heavy, so it will not be too um, attractive uh, for an ordinary um, citizens if they have to walk 10 or 15 minutes to to find a recycling uh, store uh, <laughs> in order to, to recycle their recyclables. Uh, so, sorry, could you just explain a bit more? Um, so the problem w was really with plastic, with the bins yes, collecting plastic? Yes, with the plastic, plastic compartment. Mm. Uh, this is uh, according to the uh, collector. Uh, mm -hmm. The central, there's only one central collector for all the uh, free color-coded uh, uh, waste separation bins. Um, yeah. And they, 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 they are generally only complaining about um, the plastic materials that is get collected. Um, they are... They are quite true, like junk, uh, mm. more than uh, separated recyclables. But it, it, it's rather strange that um, whenever there is a, a failure, um, the, the uh, environmental protection department just removed the entire uh, set of beans rather than um, knowing where exactly the problem is, maybe because uh, people um, don't uh, uh, really know uh, or not willing um, to separate the food from their plastic containers, and then they just put that in and uh, hoping that it will be washed, uh, but of course it will not, um, not by the um, uh, current contractor, okay? So they, they, they make a lot of, um, uh, introduce a lot of contamination uh, in the plastic recycling bin compartment. But for paper, for metal, they are generally, they are generally, not, not that they don't have any contamination, but um, uh, they are generally uh, okay. So it's, it's probably the lunch boxes, and I've seen a lot of those, um, you know, in the recyclables, and they think that, uh, you know, by just putting the whole lunch box in that plastics container, it could be, um, um, you know, dealt with by the collector. Is that, is that uh, the main problem here? Well, um, I guess uh, it's a bit of this and that. Uh, people's behavior or the, their 
yeah, the mindlessness um, in recycling, um, hoping that um, um, the downstream uh, operation can um, can do their own job, uh, do, do, do the job that um, they need to, uh, could be one of the reasons. Uh, now, I don't know the actual reasons, uh, but what I saw uh, is exactly what you have um, uh, mentioned. All right, there are a lot of contamination, a lot of materials that shouldn't be in the plastic uh, recycling uh, compa uh, material compartment were there. So um, it's mainly the plastic that has a problem. Of course, we need to recycle uh, plastic uh, material recyclables as far as we can. Um, but um, if I were, uh, actually, I, I, I'm using a lot of those uh, free colored uh, waste separation beans um, uh, myself because I, I don't live in housing estates. I live in single block buildings. Mm -hmm. um, and to me, uh, I, I don't mind carrying the, my plastic, uh, re clean re plastic recyclables uh, for a walk for 15 minutes to find the closest uh, recycling store and recycle it once every week, all right, because they are light. Although they are bulky, but they are light. I, I, I have ways to, co to compact them. It's easy, all right? But for paper, now imagine I have uh, a lot of old books, old notes that I would like to get rid of. Well, that will be several kilograms uh, at the very least. I, I don't want, I don't think I can carry so so heavy uh, materials um, and walk for 15 minutes without hurting myself. My shoulder <laughs> already uh, uh, hurting. Mm. Uh, okay, uh, let's bring in Edward, Edward Lau. Good morning. Thank you, Jim Edwin, and Ada. Yeah, Edwin Lau, founder yeah. and executive director of the Green Earth. Uh, yeah. So, w would you go along with that? Uh, so, m maybe you know, remove the plastic bins first, but leave the paper and metals bins where they are. Uh, I, I will have a, a different thought. Uh, uh, the removal of the whole set of bins, and to or the other way is to uh, really enhance the public education about the proper way to use the set of recycling bins. Mm. There are two ways to tackle the issue. I mean, the government just take the, I mean, the simple way to, okay, this is a problem. Get rid of the problem and no one can see it happen again and then there's no problem. They think in this way. I, I, I think uh, the government should really consider paying a bit more efforts in public education, making people aware that recycling is not purely recycling, it's clean recycling. The government officials always come out to say, well, we have to practice clean recycling and they have to explain to the people what is meant by clean recycling and give examples for the layman to understand fully that to avoid what uh, Dr. Chung-Sasan has just said that <laughs> mix the, the uh, lunchbox uh, mixed with other uh, with rice or other contaminations and it is not a very big deal for the people if they are aware of the uh, concept of clean recycling. They just do a little bit of work at the office, at the school, or at their home to uh, rinse off the bottle or remove the, any contaminants that before putting uh, the plastic containers or wrapping into the recycling bin for proper recycling. And government should really enhance this. And also before they decided to remove uh, um, the uh, public recycling bin at both sides. At least I am not asking them for a full consultation, but at least there's some there's some discussion in at the communities for I mean for the public 
and for the uh, uh, recycler, I mean, come and give some wheels and get, come and gather these wheels and before they make a final decision and how, how to do it. Okay. <laughs> this seems so, uh, uh, Edwin, there has been no consultation, uh, not with the green groups and not uh, public consultation, no, right? No, 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 no. Yeah, this is, uh, I think the, um, this step is a necessary step. And I don't mean it take, I mean, three months or half a year. At least a few, I mean, uh, meetings in with the uh, stakeholders is, is quite important and, and for them to know. And at least right. if you don't do that, you make clear this is a, a press event to let the media to understand, well, this is the government planning for how to deal with the uh, public recycling bin due to the uh, report made by the ombudsman, and that uh, is it the only way to deal with the issue, or is there another way? Just so, like I said, that well, enhance the public education. Will will be workable, or have you tested? Okay. <laughs> there are options. <laughs> I should say at this point that we did invite the Environmental Protection Department uh, onto the programme. Uh, they weren't able to join, but uh, did uh, issue quite a, a long statement um, and uh, pointed out that uh, their, their, their green community uh, recycling uh, programme uh, collects, uh, let me see with a figure, gave a figure of more than 14,000 metric tonnes of recyclables in 2001. So that's 10 times the recycling volume of the roadside recycling bins. They say the, uh, the, the roadside project, uh, uh, it hasn't been a great success and by uh, switching to other, uh, uh, another focus of recycling uh, would improve the efficiency of the operation. It also, you mentioned the Ombudsman's report um, earlier, it said that it had accepted the six recommendations made by the uh, Ombudsman. I mean, perhaps, you know, we can go into those uh, as time goes on. But, um, I mean, uh, do you think that there, there were better ways of doing it uh, rather than, you know, putting these bins, these three coloured bins by the roadside? I mean, w were they in the right locations? Uh, I mean, I take the point about, as well, about... Uh, a public education, but um, uh, could the whole project have been managed better? Uh, well, certainly. I'm sure. Yeah. Certainly. So, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Let's, let's hear from Chung Shang San on okay. it. Yeah, yeah. now, uh, I, I totally agree that we need more education, but how and mm. through what channels? I mm. always ask those questions when people say we need more education. Okay, so I, I, I don't think that people didn't hear that uh, the government wants clean recycling. And even clean recycling itself, I don't think the government delivered the correct message. Now, how would you clean the recyclables? Are you going to use a lot of detergents and fresh water to clean the plastic? Now, if I were you, I won't, okay? What I'm cleaning my recyclables is when I wash my dishes, I wash them together in a uh, bucket of water so that no additional detergent, no additional clean water uh, will be wasted. Mm -hmm. that, that's how you should clean your recyclables. But has the government made this message clear? Mm -hmm. Not at all. Mm -hmm. They are just saying that clean recycling as if you uh, clean it as if you want to sterilize it. All right. So um, I, I guess, uh, yes, uh, more education, but um, the message must be delivered clearly to the point uh, and accurately uh, and, in, uh, and make sure that the end result will be environmentally friendly. Now, um, 
not other than no consultation or the lack of consultation for this phase out of bees, I think there is also a lack of uh, roadmap um, to achieve um, alternatives, to provide alternatives. I mean, just go to the next uh, community store. Well, to me, it's 15 minutes of walking if I, I'm fast. Okay, if, if, if there are lots of hole up um, along the way, that will even take longer. And um, for those community uh, recycling stores, um, they also offer uh, um, uh, those uh, points, uh, recycling points. Uh, yeah, but uh, at very points. odd times, at very odd times, okay, I, I really cannot make the time. Tuesday, 2 to 5, I'm at work. All right, how can I recycle? Well, I, I do see um, the sort of older people, retired people, uh, uh, I mean, who would take their recyclables to those uh, green at community stores and they would get those points. Right. So, um, yes, uh, they, they don't cater to, um, to, working, uh, to working people. But uh, on the other hand, I, I, I want to, um, you know, I want to follow up on, on the roadmap. What, what should this roadmap look like? So first of all, the curbside um, recyclables, they, they're not doing very well. Um, the EPD has not been able to, uh, uh, you know, to collect uh, a sufficient amount of uh, recyclable um, from the recycling bins. And it seems like the green at community stores attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors every month because of these rewards. And, uh, but they are, they're very few in the community and only perhaps one in a big district like uh, Shamshui Po or like Kowloon City. Um, what, what should this roadmap be like? Um, should um, they provide these uh, recyclable bins uh, for every single building or every single school, every single office building so that recycling is actually um, part of our habits and not something extra? Well, um, if it is in within your building, I think it's uh, uh, the old building, the building owners and and, uh, and the tenants' uh, responsibility to set up their own bins because not every building has the um, uh, uh, the, the space for it, and not to mention who are going to collect it because every building now, right now, they are responsible for hiring the cleaning staff to clear away the waste themselves. Okay, it's not at the expense of the government. So um, I'm not too sure, uh, even in the future, when we have the municipal solar waste charging scheme. All right, so um, we, we have to pay for the removal of um, the designated bags. And still, the cleaners, our highest cleaners, the cleaner highest by ourselves, has to do the frontline job. So um, are those but, but sorry, they willing? don't do separation at source. Um, no, no, the, no, the they cleaners, don't. They yeah. don't. They don't, but they still have to collect um, the bags. So if they are recycling bins in our, say, uh, building lobbies, who are going to clean it? Who are going to maintain it? So there are a lot of other um, associated responsibilities. Uh, if the buildings are owners or the property management is willing to do it, of course, that's good. But if not, then I think we should rely on uh, green community outlets um, uh, offered by the government. Now, I don't actually uh, criticize um, the recycling stores, their service. I think they are good. But um, as you have pointed out, there are far and few in between. Altogether, there are just 32 all over Hong Kong, 32 only. All right. So they are, they are, they are just not enough. Um, so the roadmap would 
FNC consists of expanding the recycling stores and also offering more ad hoc recycling collection points at uh, public holidays, at uh, after work hours, because you. I don't think it's the government's idea that oh oh, oh we will we should only encourage the old people, the retired people, and uh, uh, house house workers um, to to do recycling. I, I don't think this is their idea. They want everyone to participate, but they are not doing so to encourage everyone to participate. That's what what I think is very ironical. Mm. Well, what do you say, Edwin Lau? We need lots more recycling points. Is, uh, is making it more convenient for the public to practice recycling. That will certainly help the public to uh, make it as a habit and do it properly. And I agree, I agree that, say, a uh, residential estate, a school, an office building, they should have this uh, set of recycling bins as a basic system for the tenants to uh, make use of it. And certainly the uh, property management uh, uh, people of the uh, residential estate, they have the uh, responsibility to make sure that these separated recyclable uh, well collected by the uh, suitable collectors and send it to the right place and not mix it and dump it <laughs> somewhere. And this is their responsibility because all tenants pay the management fees and including uh, different kind of services. Uh, I think uh, recycling service, uh, similar to waste disposal service, it is a uh, it is a need for any uh, society. And in Hong Kong, I mean, these uh, public recycling bins were uh, first set up in 1988. So, turn over two decades of this uh, creating a uh, habit for uh, the public and you suddenly remove <laughs> removing this uh, bins uh, is not going to I mean you uh, 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 very good result in uh, increasing the recycling rate and if you really want to remove some of them you have to I mean compensate it by adding other say manned facilities such as a pop-up store for recycling and other uh, green stores to uh, spread out in uh, the uh, highly populated areas to facilitate the convenience of the public to use this uh, system. Otherwise, the recycling rate of the city will keep on dropping. Now, the, uh, in 2020, the government said that the recycling rate dropped to below 30%, which is 28%, which is is very undesirable. I mean, you, uh, uh, in, in the past, Hong Kong has uh, been achieved once uh, around 50% of recycling rate for uh, in general. Um, um, Edwin, the yeah. um, the EPD is now um, sort of um, in charge of um, the curbside recycling bins, right? And yeah. so, and they are they are. They are sort of dishing their responsibility by taking away the recycling bins. And on the other hand, the Food and Environmental Hygiene Department still has um, their own recycling bins uh, um, on the streets. That's that's correct, right? And and the FHD has its own way of collecting. Is there's no separation at source, and so you just dump. And when it's full, some a cleaner will will come and you know pick up the trash. So at that. 
would that mean like um, uh, like a reduction of people's awareness that recycling is very important? Because for the green at community recycling points, you know it, you like it, and you will go there. Uh, but they are really not, um, you know, very, very uh, noticeable in communities. And and so if you don't know it, if you don't have this uh, environmental awareness, then you will never go there. Sure. Yeah. Is, is, is that how you see it? The FHD still collects in their old usual ways? Should the two departments merge and find a, a common ground in um, collecting trash? Uh, no, actually, uh, there are many different departments operating uh, public recycling bins. You mentioned FHD, and there are AFCD, the Agriculture and Fisheries and Conservation Department, they manage the recycling bin at the country parks and they are far away from urban areas and you are not expecting you if you remove all the bins, uh, recycling bins in the country park, then people will, will from the country parks take a long way to uh, bring their recyclable back to town and and this is certainly uh, not uh, very convenient. And I think the Environment and Ecology Bureau, they should, at the Bureau level, should set a clear, I mean, uh, common uh, practice or standard for all departments when they are operating this uh, recycling system, how to handle that and how to make sure that they have a proper uh, separation and proper collection by uh, contractors okay. and, and how to monitor this, how to get uh, regular reports to the bureaus and the bureau has the responsibility to ensure these channels, recycling channels are uh, fully I mean, uh, okay. And okay. Thanks. Run. Thanks, Edwin Lau. Sorry, we're going to take a break uh, for the news. Uh, Chung Shan Shan, uh, please uh, stay with us. Uh, we'll be back at three minutes past. A uh, quick look at the weather. It's currently 25 degrees. Humidity is at 88%. Transactions via its app store, the sole gateway for digital content to get onto its mobile devices. You're listening to the news on RTHK. And welcome back to Back Chat with Ada Wong and me, Jim Gould. And this morning, uh, for our main topic, we're going to uh, continue to talk about the management of uh, waste uh, recycling bins. Uh, we have uh, with us uh, on the line uh, Chung Shan Shan, who's a director of the Master of Science in Environmental and Public Health Management Programme at Hong Kong Baptist University. And uh, joining us now, we have uh, Angus Ho, who's Executive Director of Greener's Action. If you want to get in touch, good morning, uh, uh, and thanks for joining us. Uh, um, also, uh, anybody who wants to join the conversation, feel free to leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233 Um Email here from a, a listener, David, says, uh, after all these years, we still haven't designed practical bins and we still haven't built uh, good waste sorting facilities. Uh, that from uh, David. Uh, Chung Shan Shan, is there anything in that about the, the practicality of the bins? Uh, I mean, are they, are they user-friendly enough? Is the design okay, do you think? Well, um, the bins themselves, I think they are practical. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. However, um, I think they need to add um, some more um, enhancement, like uh, a shower, uh, cover, because when you when it is raining. Um, if it, if it is uh, in the roadside, whether it's in the park or in the housing estates, um, you have at least one hand holding an umbrella. So you won't have another hand to, to push open um, the, the, the closure uh, uh, and deposit your recyclables. And you don't want your recyclables uh, to get wet. Yeah. All right. So having a cover, um, I think it's a minimum. Um, I have seen um, um, uh, recycling bins in mainland China. In mainland China, um, and there are pictures sent to me by my students uh, uh, in mainland China. Now they don't um, just have a cover. Now they some some of them even have a washing basin next to it, so that if your hands get dirty, you can clean your hands. Ah, right. Ah, okay. yes, so, a, so yeah. you, you, you know that, um, yeah, I, I know um, in mainland China, the practice is variable, all right? So uh, this may be the, the best, uh, the highest standard. But in Hong Kong, uh, it seems to me that because the government is giving up <laughs> those beans, they, they won't pay uh, any more attention to enhance it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, let's uh, uh, welcome Angus Ho to the program. Good morning. Morning. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So uh, we were talking before the break about uh, the EPD decision to phase out these uh, three-coloured roadside recycling bins uh, after judging that uh, they haven't been a great success. I mean, what do you think about it? Um, I think um, um, one, in one hand, I think uh, we kind of agree to uh, stop using or phase out the street uh, recycling bin. Because um, most of the people, um, they are um, not uh, able to uh, do a clean recycling on the street recycling bin because they are just a uh, random recycler. Maybe they are just finished their drink and then they uh, didn't rinse it and then they just throw it, uh, just um, take it as a rubbish bin. But um, when they face out those uh, street recycling bin, I think uh, they need to... Uh, uh, give more resources to uh, encourage and also to enhance the um, community recycling system uh, means uh, is, uh, it should be better in some kind of uh, facilities, uh, maybe in the um, uh, housing estate and also in the uh, public housing or the private housing or even some kind of uh, maybe some museum or some uh, municipal uh, buildings. So that I think they can enhance those places uh, rather than on this. Uh, uh, they just uh, face out the street uh, recycling bin. They, they need to put, put more resources. Uh, because we had a survey, we found that so uh, many uh, rubbish in the uh, street recycling bins. But if some kind of similar recycling bin in some facility, like the uh, museum or the library, uh, the cleanliness of the recycling are very good. So uh, they are as good as the uh, Green at a community station. So I think uh, the government can put more effort on this side. Right, um, Angus, uh, uh, you've been uh, you've been doing this for a long time, uh, and but Hong Kong, you know, is still uh, quite low in um, in our efforts to recycle. It's it's, it's around twenty eight percent of our waste, uh, which can now be recycled. Is that? Do you think it's low um, as compared to other similar-sized cities? 
I think at this moment, uh, yes, uh, the Hong Kong people's uh, recycling uh, habits and the ethics is not so, uh, so good. But uh, about uh, the last two years, we can see a, a very good um, response and changes to the those people uh, go to the Green Ad Communication uh, Community Station. And then we find that uh, at the very beginning, uh, the people's uh, is um, not very uh, able to do the clean recycling. But uh, with the uh, facilities and the staff and the training to the public, um, nowadays um, most of the people can able to uh, do a, a good job in recycling. They put uh, the right things to the Green Ad Communication Station. So I mean um, the people, the public, is able to change their habits. And it, we just need to waiting for the uh, a, 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 a a timing and also a, a very good uh, education step to uh, facilitate people. Not only they do the good job in the green ad uh, communication station, but uh, also um, uh, to the uh, rec- uh, recycling bins in the, under their home or in their cup house or in the public public housing. I think there's a, the people can be changeable. Okay. Uh, email here from listener Lewis says, uh, education is the way forward, not removing the bins. There'll always be selfish and ignorant people who will abuse the recycled bins. There are many selfish and ignorant drivers on the roads of Hong Kong. Are you going to close all roads to resolve the problem? And he says uh, the government also needs to adopt a broader vision in respect of recycling. Many people in rural areas are now subscribing to a pay-for model of recycling, such as Love Recycling for a fixed monthly fee. The contractor collects a vast array of recyclable materials. The government should offer a tax concession for people subscribing to such services as part of a holistic recycling strategy. Um, uh, Chung Shan Shan, do you think there are uh, uh, business opportunities, more business opportunities uh, that could be exploited in the recycling industry? Well, possible, uh, but uh, honestly, um, the outlook is not good because uh, even if um, I hope that uh, on the uh, the the failure to get a contractor to print those. Uh, um, uh, designated waste bags um, that the news that was released yesterday oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> will not uh, defer the um, municipal solid waste charging scheme. Now, even if we, uh, uh, when the when the scheme um, is in place, is put in place next uh, mid next year, um, you are just talking about uh, 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 less than. 50 cents um, a day of extra expenses on throwing away waste. Now, for the majority of the people, 50 cents um, a day extra of uh, um, expenditure will not uh, by itself, will not uh, um, uh, induce them, encourage them to do more recycling. Right? Only those, as uh, Anger has pointed out, there are some random, uncommitted uh, um, recyclers and others are more committed. Only the more committed, they, they recycle because they know that this is the proper way, it's their responsibility, that they will do it, regardless of whether or not um, there is the municipal solid waste charge. 
So honestly, if you are looking at just at the cost, the financial cost, looking at uh, recycling business to be able to uh, financially sustain on its own, um, I, I, I don't think that it will, all right, except for some very few um, uh, high valuable uh, recyclables. But for the general, even now, even paper um, cannot uh, survive on its own. Um, re- government requires subsidies. Uh, I, I'm in the recycling uh, fund committee, I know. So a lot of the recycling business, if they don't have um, the uh, uh, help from the recycling fund, I don't think they can uh, uh, subsist. Uh, is this uh, is this normal also in other cities and government yes. subsidies uh, uh, is required uh, to yes. promote recycling, right? Yes, obviously um, uh, a lot of um, the recycling activities, um, not just in Hong Kong, but in uh, all places uh, um, in, uh, in the world, especially in the developed world cities, they require subsidies uh, from the government. But at the same time, if you look at their um, municipal solar sort of waste charge, they are far higher than in Hong Kong, all right? So um, in some European cities, not just uh, disposing waste, you require to pay a charge. Even if you recycle, you need to pay a charge, as in the rural area in Hong Kong. But the charge is, of course, um, much lower in order to encourage citizens um, to recycle instead of disposing the waste. So um, in Hong Kong, we are in the first step. Um, of um, um, making people um, know that uh, uh, disposing waste uh, is uh, is a cost to the society, but um, this cost is far enough, uh, far from enough, to um, encourage people to do more recycling. I agree that we should do more education, but at the same time, if you just educate the people, uh, if even if it is successful, if without um, giving them the outlets to do so. Um, I don't think there will be um, uh, a great success. Now, in Hong Kong in 2020, the household waste, domestic waste recycling rate was only 19. In comparison, in 2020, in the same year in London, in England, it was 44% for domestic waste. Now, UK used to be called the dirty man of Europe and they can even get up to 44%. What about Hong Kong? We used to have, uh, as I mean, say 50%, although I don't think that is the real figure. Um, I mean, it's not, uh, 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 there are a lot of uh, overestimation in that. So we, 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 we are actually regressing, uh, whereas others are progressing. So um, I think we, we need, really need to think um, our, for our roadmap uh, for the future. Mm. Uh, yeah, but I, at the same time, you know, we are eliminating the curbside uh, recyclable bins. Uh, Angus Ho, uh, wh- what is the missing piece here? Uh, what should we do more? What should we uh, encourage the government to do more now that I we think, don't really have the uh, the street side um, bins? Yeah, I, I think just like what I said, um, I, I agree. Um, nowadays, um, in the coming years, it is very important because the municipal solar waste charging scheme is going to uh, in pace. And I think um, the uh, major recycling spots should be inside the community, not on the street. So that means uh, public housing or uh, private housing and under their lobby. Um, five, five years ago, we have a suggestion to the government uh, together with the MS 
messed up charging policy, they can employ some ambassador uh, to in the community, in the estate, housing estate or the private housing. They can employ some kind of ambassador and then they teach the people how to correctly use the recycling bins. Because nowadays, uh, the green and community station, they will have some kind of street station. And this is only uh, open once a week in a special specific spot and because with some kind of uh, helper and also the ambassador those people go to the uh, street station once a week and they can uh, completely bring some clean recycling uh, on the street station so i think if we have some kind of people can monitor it and then teach the people how to use the recycling bins uh, under their home and in the, uh, near their lobby etc i think the people can um, start to uh, make a good use of their recycling bin inside their uh, home mm. uh, facilities. Okay. Well, I do agree yeah. that uh, uh, having more education in public housing estates or housing estates mm-hmm. uh, in general is, is good. But um, already there are a lot of enhancement and help uh, for housing estates. Um, they, they have the green um, uh, collect program. They have regular and effort collection that they can offer. But what about those people like me who live in block houses, all right, single block buildings uh, where there's no housing estate at all? So we, we, we are basically just ignored. So I have to walk 15 to 20 minutes to get to, to, to recycle my materials. I mean, that's, that's uh, not a, a, a lot of people can afford. Okay. All right. Well, thank you both uh, very much for joining uh, our discussion uh, uh, this morning. Uh, it's a big topic. It's an ongoing topic. I'm sure we'll be uh, returning to it uh, in the not-too-distant future. Um, thank you there to Chang Shen Shan, Director of the Master of Science in Environmental and Public Health Management Programme at Hong Kong Baptist University. And thanks very much to Angus Ho, Executive Director of Greeners Action. And before nine o'clock, we heard from Edwin Lau, uh, founder and executive director of the Green Earth. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. And now for the next uh, five, ten minutes or so, we're going to turn our attention to our next uh, topic, uh, which is uh, vaccination against the coronavirus uh, with the arrival of the second-generation uh, BioNTech vaccine and bookings for that uh, have uh, opened. Uh, uh, the Civil Service Secretary, who's in charge of the vaccination programme, said yesterday that... Um, well, more than, than 11,000 people had made appointments uh, to get the jab. Um, it'll only be available to begin with uh, as a fourth shot. Uh, we're joined on the line now by Iris Chang, the president of the Practising Pharmacists Association. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, so, yeah, as I just mentioned, so this... Um, uh, BioNTech uh, second-generation vaccine targeting, I think, the the original virus plus the Omicron variant uh, now available. Um, it's currently only for a fourth shot, but would you expect that uh, fairly soon, you know, it'll be uh, like uh, available for a third, second, even first dose? Well, I think yeah, the. Um the recommendation now from the government is that it will be used as a booster mm. uh, for a fourth shot. 
So basically using that in place of the original first generation vaccines so that people will have a better protection against the Omicron variants. So the bivalent COVID-19 vaccines has actually a component of the original virus. And then also it has a broad spectrum against the Omicron variant also, which is uh, being widespread now in Hong Kong. So you would expect that this is going to add you know, a, a strong extra shield of protection for the community? Yes, I believe the boosters, the uh, the bivalent uh, the vaccines, uh, will be able to uh, have more uh, efficacy against the the variants which is now present in Hong Kong. So it's recommended that the uh, this booster be uh, administered to the high risk groups, which includes the elderly, uh, some people with immunocompromised situations, health workers as a priority, and then uh, sooner or later than everybody at large. Right. Uh, what what do we know about the the possible side effects of this second generation um, BioNTech vaccine? Yeah, according to the data, basically it gives you uh, more protection in terms of the uh, antibody um, buildup, and so that will be getting more protection. The side effects uh, you can expect uh, to have some headache, uh, the fatigue, nausea, chills, fever or soreness at the spot of the injection. So it's recommended that maybe uh, you can take, take it easy the day of the vaccine and also the day after. Have some medicines at home to help with the fever and the pain, and then uh, watch up the pharmacist if needed. So it sounds quite similar to, to the uh, first generation uh, vaccine that we, uh, you know, we are now using. Yes, exactly. But many of the Hong Kong people have used the Sinovac as the first and second, maybe the third dose. So uh, in terms of the fourth uh, booster, uh, they may be having different experiences with the BioNTech. So be aware of that. Mm. So uh, the government's ordered, I think, 1.9 million doses of this uh, bivalent vaccine. Uh, so is that going to be enough, do you think? Well, I think uh, the more the people will be uh, being administered and then uh, being used as a booster, will be needing more stock, definitely. Mm. And then also there's some... Uh, some information about the this kind of booster being able to reduce the risk of long COVID, so such as the symptoms of brain fog and fatigue. So definitely uh, the need for more uh, doses of the vaccines will be needed in Hong Kong in due course. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, what, what, what about um, people who already had a fourth shot? Uh, because I do know that uh, some people who are, who are over 60, you know, mm. heeded government's advice earlier this year mm -hmm. and uh, went to have a fourth shot. Now, are they qualified to, to, to take this uh, bivalent vaccine? Well, basically, if they've already had the fourth shot, they would have to wait a few months before having another booster. So basically, it would be people who are using this now after the third shot to oh. be available for them. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's interesting because a, a, a lot of people also had their fourth shot quite a long time ago now. Um, mm. um, so when you say people would have to wait another few months, um, is there a, a time scale that you're aware of? Uh, yeah, basically they're, uh, they're recommending uh, at least two months uh, mm -hmm. after having a shot of the COVID. So mm. wait two months mm. and then uh, maybe uh, that will be a good time for mm. another shot. But if we're talking about another booster, that will be a fifth shot. I mean, is, 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 does that sort of appear in the vaccination program anywhere? Well, that, there's no really guidance uh, right now about the fifth shot, but definitely the ones who've completed the third shot and used this as a fourth shot, that would be the primary, uh, the target group that uh, the government may be recommending now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So would you expect that um, at some stage 
you know, um, everybody's going to basically have a, you know, an annual booster for for COVID nineteen. Well, the trend looks to be like uh, going that direction. It's mm. more or less going to be having different variants uh, at different points in time. It may go to a point where it's going to be like a flu shot uh, that the variants will be changing year to year. It looks mm. like that way. Yeah, at the moment, the government is suggesting that this is a fourth shot and available for people who already had three shots. Do, mm. do you think this is also good for people who, who have never had any vaccine? Although there are very, very few in Hong Kong now, I know. But Correct. for older people, for older people, let's say they have never had a vaccine, would, would that be okay for them to, to have it now? Well, basically, they're not going to be allowed to have this booster bivalent uh, vaccine as the first shot. So they would have to go through the first series of vaccines and then with the original, uh, original COVID-19 vaccine and then use this as a fourth shot booster. That's the guidance now. Okay, all right. Well, thank you very much uh, for joining us on the programme this morning. That was uh, Iris Chang, the president of the Practicing Pharmacists uh, Association of Hong Kong. And as always, while the World Cup is on, we're going to uh, close uh, our back chat programme with a uh, chat with our sports correspondent, uh, Atom Jung, to talk about uh, the latest action overnight and what we've got to look forward to coming up. Uh, uh, Atom, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so, uh, so, Brazil... And Portugal both qualify for the knockout stages. That's right. Yeah, let's go through it. Let's start with uh, the player of the night. I thought it was Bruno Fernandes who scored twice for Portugal in their 2-0 win over Uruguay. He almost had a hat-trick. Uh, his first goal was kind of a... Uh, looked like a cross that sort of curled into the far corner. That It looked like Cristiano Ronaldo had touched it and was getting credit for it, but it ended up being Fernandes' goal. He played really well. And he was, you know, making the midfield all working for Portugal. In contrast, Uruguay couldn't keep up. Their midfield couldn't serve their forwards. And so you saw the likes of Darwin Nunez and uh, Edison Cavani. They hardly got any scoring chances. They did a little better when Maxi Gomez came on. But still, Portugal were the better side. Brazil, now the uh, unlikely hero, Casemiro, delivered. They left it late in that game uh, to beat Switzerland 1-0. Casemiro with the goal late in the second half. Uh, even though they only won by a goal, I thought Brazil were in control. I always thought they were going to win that game. Mm. Uh, they did okay, even without Neymar, who's injured. Uh, Rafinha came in, started in place of Neymar, but still he's no Neymar. He's, he's a very capable player, but... I just think if Neymar can come back for the next round, Brazil will be a much better side. In the same group, uh, maybe the most exciting game of, on the night, uh, Cameroon and Serbia play to a 3-3 draw. So now uh, both teams uh, still have something to play for. Also want to mention, Ghana came up with a big win over South Korea. Uh, Ghana had a 2-0 lead and then the Koreans came back, but uh, their comeback just fell short. So that means uh, now Ghana can progress if they beat Uruguay in their final game. Yeah, yeah so some very exciting games. Uh, last night and uh, overnight weren't there and so um, well uh, tonight we've got uh, Group B the final Group B games coming up and it's all open isn't it any one of them could qualify 
Uh, yes, well, including Wales, but then they'll have to beat England and hope other results go their way. Yeah. England are pretty much in. The only way they wouldn't make it if they, is if they lose by four goals or more because they've got a superior goal difference. So England are pretty much through. The talk now is what kind of lineup uh, Gareth Southgate will put out for England. Uh, there's a lot of talk about giving Harry Kane a bit of rest. So we might see Phil Foden come in for this game, the uh, Manchester City forward, very popular with the fans. We all want to see him in action. So he may get some touches today. And uh, the other game has Iran up against the U.S. The winner of this game will definitely progress. Um, this one is hard to call. I mean, Iran is riding on a lot of emotions. While the Americans have looked great in both of their games, I thought they should have beaten Wales in the opener. So this one could go either way. And then in the uh, in Group A, you've got the Netherlands. Uh, they can qualify with a win or a tie against Qatar. I think the Netherlands will go through. I, I don't think Louis van Gaal will spend so much time guiding this team to fail at this stage. Mm. So I think the Dutch will go through. But the question is, who's going to get the goals? Mm, sure. Netherlands have managed only three goals in two games, both of them from their youngster, Cody Gakpo. Mm. Uh, and then you've got the other game, Senegal versus uh, Ecuador. Uh, the winner of that game will definitely go through. Mm. Great. OK, well, thank you very much, uh, Atom, and we'll look forward to speaking to you again tomorrow. Um, I do have a few uh, quick emails to read out, actually, just uh, before the end of the programme, uh, uh, going back to our main topic. Uh, this, this from uh, Leon says, uh, I live in Stanley. The recyclable bins on Stanley Main Street were popular and consistently used by locals. Their frequent usage might be attributed to the area's geography, beaches, etc., demographics, high expat community and active restaurant trade. Sadly, they've now been removed. The government should have embarked on a more comprehensive education campaign before scrapping the programme. Um, Chris writes, uh, rather than talk about how to collect plastic waste, shouldn't it be stopped at source? I mean, styrofoam lunch boxes with plastic cutlery in a plastic bag? Surely paper boxes could be used. At least millions of people do this every day. Uh, so the figures are frightening. Um, hopefully we are moving somewhat in the right direction uh, there. Um, and uh, Sailor Saki writes on our Facebook, uh, Hong Kong does have a plastic pollution problem. For this, there's no recycling solution in the sense of realising a circular economy where nothing goes to waste exists. And then says uh, a good start would be to ban all excessive plastic in our supermarkets, one of the main culprits of packing waste here. Uh, thank you to uh, everybody who wrote in. Thanks to our listeners. Uh, thanks again to Atom and thanks very much to you, Ada. Thank you, Jim. And a quick look at the weather before we go to the brunch with Noreen. It's going to be uh, mainly uh, fine, mainly fine during the day and hot. Um, you could say unseasonably hot, uh, 